0: Thank you for joining us on the Hope Church LV podcast. We're excited you came across this message. If you're joining us for the first time, I wanna be the first to say welcome to Hope Church. Go ahead and open up the Hope Church LV app or visit HopeChurchLV.com and click Connect With Us to fill out a short digital connection card. If you haven't done so already, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast to help spread Hope Church to the world. Once again, thanks for joining us today. Amen. I don't know about you, but I'm excited to see what God has in store for us today today can open your Bibles to Matthew chapter seven as you are turning there. My name is Scott and I would love the privilege if I haven't met you to meet you at some point. I'll be out in the lobby after our service. I would love to meet you. And we are eight days into 2023. I hope you've had a great year so far. It's only been eight days, but hopefully it's been great for you. But as we jump in today, I wanna share a, a, a research study that I looked at this week that's pertinent for our conversation today. And I think you'll find rather interesting See, I saw this research study, and here was the title of the research study. It said, how much information do you take in every day? How much information do you take in every day? And as I read this, it's actually a few years ago, so some of these statistics will probably be a little more intense today, especially after COVID, but what it did is it showed that that today, the average American actually takes in, in through, through messages and technology and all the things over five times the amount of information that the average adult did in 1986. Now, 1986 is a beautiful year, beautiful year, because that's the year, of course, I was born, okay? But I thought, man, if you feel tired at the end of the day, it's because you didn't know until this moment but you've taken in five times the amount of information that you used to or for me my parents did so i feel pretty good about myself after i learned that stat five times the amount of information what that equals is about 200 newspapers worth of information 200 so imagine your parents or for me my parents or maybe you and you your younger self in 1986 reading 200 newspapers, that's now how much information. Now, if you're under the age of 20, a newspaper is this antique publication (laughs) that used to come to your door every day in print form. Another thing of this research study talked about the fact that, that you and I actually process 34 gigabytes worth of data every single day that we live. Now, I don't know, I'm sure all of your iPhones are now bigger than 34 gigs, but I remember when 32 gigs was like the biggest iPhone you could buy and you now actually processed two gigs more than the biggest iPhone you could buy in 2010. Again, you should feel great about yourself this morning. It's a lot of information, So many messages, so many voices, so much stuff. This doesn't include all the text messages and and voicemails, if you still use a phone for calling, and all the things that we are constantly processing. Why do I bring that up this morning? It's important for us to know that because as followers of Jesus, if you would claim to be a follower of Jesus in this place this morning, with all the voices and messages and information coming at you and I every day, we have to talk about how on earth with all that stuff coming at us, do we discern the voice of God? And that's a hard task, all the stuff, 34 gigs, 200 newspapers, more worth of information now than we did a couple decades ago. Like how do we amongst all the noise How do we hear God's voice? That's Why we felt led as we begin a new year to start the series Pastor Trenton talked about called When God Speaks, how to recognize and respond to his voice. Now in a room this size, even as I say the series title, I know there's a bunch of different thoughts all throughout your rows and all throughout this room. You see, some people in your row or maybe sitting next to you think, I know God speaks. In fact, I hear him speak to me all the time. And then right down the row or right next to you is somebody who says, wait, 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 wait. Maybe God used to speak, but, but I don't know if God speaks like that anymore. That may be something he used to do, but not anymore. And then, of course, there's somebody in your row or somebody in your family that's saying, God's speaking. <laughs> like, that's weird. What are you even talking about? How does God So this is an important conversation. And here at Hope Church, you need to know, we believe wholeheartedly that God still speaks. And if that's true, how to hear and respond and recognize his voice is extremely important. So on my heart, as we begin this new year, as much as we make resolutions and goals and listen I'm all for that. I'm not a hater on that. I make them myself. I love goals and resolutions. But would we all as followers of Jesus who call this church our home, the the whole point of this series is that we would resolve to discern and hear the voice of God better and more in our lives than we ever have. That's what we're going to talk about over the next few weeks. So with some practical insight and some help to understand how to do that we're going to look at that even next week we're going to look specifically at how we hear God speak but a question we have to answer today as a foundation for this series is going to be on the screen here in just a moment why should we listen for God's voice maybe you're here today and you're not really sure why this really matters I wanna to try to convince you over the next few moments and in our time together this morning, this morning, why it is very, very significant that we should hear and respond to his voice. In fact, it's actually built on the very foundation of our faith the core beliefs as Jesus followers that we hold so dear. So I'm gonna put a whole lot of information on the screen in just a moment. I'm gonna read it and then I'm gonna boil it down to a statement. But here's why I believe this series, this moment, this message really matters as we begin a new year. I'll be on the screen. If there is a God that is not an abstract concept, a vague force or an infinite sea of energy, but is in fact a living active, relational being who is one God and three persons who we were created to worship and be in relationship with, if that's true. And if this relational God was was so motivated by a love and a desire to get back what was his, he became human. And if that God-man, Jesus Christ, began to teach his disciples what it means to live as citizens of his kingdom, as his followers, and then that God-man died on the cross, to purchase our freedom from the slavery of sin and rise from the dead to bring us back into right relationship with himself. And if upon Jesus's return to the father, he gave his spirit to be with all Christians everywhere for all time in that relationship we were created for in the beginning, here's the part, then surely, then surely learning to hear his voice is at the center of all that matters in life. See, this is based on all that we believe is Jesus followers. That was a a real quick summary of our core beliefs as followers of Jesus. Let me try to boil it down in a, a simpler statement. If God really is God, and he is, and we are really his, then learning how to hear and respond to his voice is central to our lives as followers of Jesus. This is why we believe this is really important. I don't know where you land on that. There's a bunch of people in this room that probably said, yeah, yeah, amen, amen. And here's where I was. For much of my Christian experience, I would say amen to that statement. But let me just have a a time of confession here this morning. Been about Christian for almost 20 years. Gave my life to Christ right before my senior year of high school. For almost 20 years, I followed Jesus. And the confessions of a pastor here for a moment is for most of my Christian experience, I would amen a sentence like that. I would sit in a service like this with a preacher saying this, and I would say, oh, it's good. I'm gonna take some notes on that, maybe tweet it later. I'm, a, I'm into that. But it, it actually living out in my life was a different story. Me actually making this a priority, the the central thing in my life, hearing and responding to God. It actually wasn't until a couple years ago where God kind of led me through a journey of understanding how central and key this really is. See, I had a bunch of knowledge in my head and here's where some of you are this morning. A bunch of knowledge in my head that if I'm honest today, for 18 years of my Christian experience, it hadn't actually made it into my heart, which actually allows it to live out of my life. And that's that's a principle that's true of everything. I'll put it on the screen. What we understand with our minds must make its way to being truly believed in our hearts which will lead to it actually being lived out in our lives. There's a lot of people that know a lot of things that they are not transformed by those things. It's just intellectual knowledge. And here's my heart as your pastor going into a new year. I am praying that this series would be a, a catalyst into a whole year where we would, we would stop just filling our minds with intellectual comprehension, but we would actually learn about an intimate conversation that you and I can have with God every single day because he speaks. So how do we hear and respond to his voice. So that's what we're leaning in today. That's the introduction of why I believe this is such a big deal. And today, to answer the question, why should we listen, we're going to look at Matthew chapter seven. If you don't have a Bible, I encourage you to bring your Bible, open your app, but it's also going to be on the screen. Matthew chapter seven, we're going to read a few verses and we're going to talk about what they mean for our lives. Here's Matthew seven, starting in verse seven. Here's what the Bible says. Ask and it will be given to you. Love that, by the way, hear all the Bibles turning. Love that. Will your Father who is in heaven give good gifts, good things to those who ask of him? we we'll take a few minutes to unpack that scripture. But whenever we read a passage of scripture here, we always want to give you some context. Where is this in the ark of scripture? And for those of you who are students of the Bible know, Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7 is the greatest sermon ever preached in the history of the world. It was preached by Jesus Christ himself. God in the flesh, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, preached a sermon that's come to be known as the Sermon on the Mount. This sermon was incredible because what it was Jesus doing was telling his followers what it looked like to live as kingdom citizens of his. What does what following me really look like? And he began to give them principles and practices of what it looks like to really follow him. And it was pretty controversial, He's flipping the world's philosophy on its head. He's saying things that made people squirm, like he was giving, doing some kingdom damage for his sake in the Sermon on the Mount. And this proclamation that we just read comes at the tail end of the Sermon on the Mount. Go back and read it later. It's a great, great passage of scripture. But I believe it serves us as we seek to answer this question, why should we listen for God's Voice And I, I believe I'm gonna give two amazing reasons that we see right out of this text. Two amazing reasons why we should listen for the voice of God. Here's the first one. We've been invited into an active relationship with God. I know that's elementary for many of you that have sat in church for a long time, but I wanna show you from this passage of scripture, this is not a passive relationship with God. This is not a sit on the sidelines and come to church every once in a while and pick up the Bible at Christmas time kind of relationship with God. This is an active relationship with God. And to do that, I actually wanna show you the original language and how powerful it is. So if you didn't know, the, the passage of scripture we're reading in the entire New Testament was not written in English, it was written in the Greek language. So it's okay with you for just a minute. I wanna transform this worship center into a a Greek class for just a minute. We're gonna go a little deep in the Greek, but I think it's super accessible. If you're into that, say, I'm ready. ready. Some of you aren't ready, but it's okay. (laughs) The words ask, seek, and knock are these type of words in the Greek, present, active, imperative. Some of you are really nervous right now. Don't worry, I'm gonna put it on the bottom shelf for us today. I want us to say those words out loud to get it in our minds. Here we go, one, two, three. Man, you guys sound so good, so good. Present, active, and repair. Some of you are like, this kind of sounds like English class. It's kind of both. It's Greek and English. Here is what a present tense verb means. The verb tense meaning it's happening right now. That's kind of self-explanatory, but it's right now. Ask, seek, knock. Not someday, not in the past, right now. But then there's the active voice. This is the voice where the subject is doing the action. In this case, you and I. So in a sense, we ask, we seek, we knock. So it's happening right now and we are to do it. But the imperative part's really important. The mood that expresses a command. So listen, this is not Jesus saying, hey, if you feel like it, Ask. If you're having a really good week, make sure you seek. And if you're, if you're really up to it and all the other priorities have taken place, then knock on my door. No, it's God saying, do this. I'm commanding you. How cool is that? Presently, actively, not on the sidelines, not passive. This is the kind of relationship we've been invited into as Jesus followers. A present, active command of God. It's an invitation. This is God. Our relationship with God is not some passive on the sidelines. I gave my life to Jesus when I was a a freshman in high school at a summer camp, and every once in a while, I revisit it kind of thing. It's an active, growing, thriving, vibrant relationship with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Ask, seek, knock. See, this passage of scripture. Some of you have heard this and you've heard really bad preaching on this verse. There's there's actually been a lot of out of context teaching to this passage of scripture. And a lot of times people will stand on a stage like this and tell you to ask and seek and knock, but they do it in a way that's honestly selfish and transactional. What do I mean by that? Selfish, ask whatever it is you want and God will give it to you. He'll stand on the edge of heaven and pour out his blessing. So God, uh, I've been looking at all these cars and I really want that Tesla, but I can't afford the Tesla. Will you give it to me, God? God's just gonna pour out the blessing. Listen, people have taught that all over really big stages and gotten a lot of money for doing it. Ask whatever you want and it will be given to you. But then there's this transactional side where it's this idea of if I do this, God will do this. If I do, it's almost like if you ever been to another country where you have to go exchange your American money for their currency. It's like I'm just there to, to make an exchange. I'm gonna give you something, you're gonna give me something back. There's no relationship there. That's just a person giving me what I want. See, a lot of people look at these verses like that this selfish or transactional listen i hope you see this is all in the context of relationship this is not a this is not a, a blank check to prosperity this is an invitation to intimacy this is our god telling us inviting us that's why the command part's so important it's not a command like a like a big judge on the sideline saying do this or else he's saying do this cuz just like the end of the verse says i'm your father I'm giving you an invitation. Why would you ever refuse it? I'm your dad. Ask me, seek me, knock on my door. He says, ask. How amazing is it that the God of the universe invites you, in fact, commands you to ask him for things. To, in the context of relationship, as you're seeking him, to request of God. I thought about it this week in my own life and maybe you too. What if we're not hearing God speak simply because we're just not asking for it? Like when's the last time you just sat there with God or in the middle of a drive through or wherever you are in life and just said, God, I'm really having a tough day. Like, would you just speak to me right now? That's why James chapter four says it pretty plainly. You do not have because you do not ask. How many of us have missed out on the voice of God in our lives simply because we're not asking? Again, this doesn't mean you get whatever you want. In fact, it's in the context of relationship where he actually changes our heart to be what he wants. You see, as I'm asking constantly, presently, actively, command, I'm invited to ask him, my heart, you know, some of you have experienced this before, my heart starts to look strangely like his heart. As I seek him and his will, my, my will and my desires look strangely like his will and his desires and his plans become my plans because he's transforming me, not as a transactional selfish thing, but in a relationship. That's why First John says it like this. And this is the confidence we have towards him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. It's this relational, as I seek him, as I ask him, my heart starts to look like his heart. It's in the context of relationship. Are you asking today? When's the last time you sat with the Lord and just asked him to speak to you, asked him to respond to you, asked him for things that you need, not as a transactional, you do this, I do this, but as a Father and a kid, a kid to a father. But it doesn't just stop at ask. The progression continues. I love the progression of this passage. It becomes more and more intense. After ask, it says to seek. The verbs move from verbal, ask, to physical, seek. This grows in intensity. This active relationship with God, it doesn't just stop with you asking God. It, it, it's helping us seek God. Seek his heart, seek his will. And I don't know about you, but I am so, so grateful that he has given us an amazing resource that every single day we can seek the Lord. We can seek his heart, his will, his mind, all of God we can seek every single day in the word of God. That is why as long as I am your pastor, I will lovingly, consistently, but boldly Challenge each and every follower of Jesus at Hope Church to get your face in this book daily. We want to be a church who are people of the book. We want to know what God says from His. You want to hear God speak to you? Look at His book. Look at what He's already spoken. So many Christians are like, man, I want God to speak to me. I want to hear His voice, but they never touch His Bible and they're over here wondering why heaven is silent. He has spoken. In his word, he has spoken. And by the way, if anyone ever tells you that God has spoken to them, but it is outside of what is already written in the Bible, let me give you a very, very clear word. It is not a word from God. If somebody ever, because God still speaks, but if somebody ever says, God spoke to me, and in any way undercuts or undermines what is already written in the word of God, it is not a word from God. The only words of God that he ever gives now will always edify this, it will never edit it. So you need to always be mindful. This is why he's given us a book. So many Christians miss out on what God has to say to them because they never read the word. In fact, we live in a time now where, Unlike any in history, the Bible now is more accessible than it has ever been, but probably less read than it has ever been. That's why a poster that you've probably heard of named George Gallup, he has a, an, a company called the Gallup Company, he said this quote that, that struck me this week. He said, We revere the Bible, but don't read it. It is the best selling, least read book in America. God has spoken. And he's given us an incredible way to seek him, that command to seek him every single day. We want to be people of the book. As we start 2023, you just need to know we are going to lovingly and consistently but boldly be challenging every follower of Jesus at Hope Church. Get in the word of God because he speaks through it's living and active, it's able to speak into your life every single day. Ask, seek, but then the progression continues and it becomes insistent. I love this, knock. Not just ask, not just seek, but knock on our father's door. For me, as I was studying this, I couldn't help but think of my own family and this happening all the time. Share with you, most of you know, my wife and I, we have four kids, 13, 11, nine this week, and eight. And so my house is just kind of crazy and chaotic at all times. So there's like a sanctuary that my wife and I have called our bedroom. That is like the sacred space, our bedroom. The kids know it is a hard and fast rule in the Worthington home. If mom and dad's door is closed, you must knock, must knock. We all know they break that rule all the time. They bust in sometimes, but I always tell them, whoa, 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 rewind. And they're like, oh, uh. they close the door and they knock on it. I say, oh, you may come in. It's a hard and fast rule. So if I'm up there reading or something, I have a chair there where I'm reading or something, say I'm reading a book, happens all the time. And I hear downstairs, one of my kids say, dad, what are they doing? They're asking, dad, dad, gets louder and louder and more intense and more intense. And if I don't answer, here's what happens. They go back to reading a book and being a good little boy or girl. No, that never happens, (laughs) never happens. What are they gonna do next? They're gonna seek. He's not answering me, I'm going to get him. So never, ever does it fail. My wife and I joke, we have baby elephants running up our stairs. Bom, bomb bomb bomb. Up the stairs comes some kid. What are they doing? They're seeking their dad in about five seconds. I know how long it takes to get from that room up the stairs to my room, right at the edge of the stairs. What's gonna happen? They're not just gonna ask, they're not just gonna seek, they're going to dad. <laughs> I couldn't help but see that picture. Listen, I don't know if that would annoy you as dads. Sometimes it annoys me as a dad. Here's what you need to hear. God is never annoyed by you doing that and in your life. In fact, he wants you to presently, actively, continuously do it, and he actually gives you a command to do it. That's how good our father, don't just ask, don't just seek, but be insistent about it. I am here and I want my kids to know it. Ask, seek knock. Maybe you're here today and you haven't been doing that in your life and wondering why isn't God speaking. I prayed that today would be a reminder that you have been invited by your good father to presently, actively, not passively, actively ask and seek and knock. And maybe you'll hear more of God's voice than you ever have as you continue to do what he's told you to do. Maybe for you, you're here today and trying to start off a new year right. And if you were honest, your communication with God has become quieted or, or cold. And I've been there. Well, you're, you're coming in here for the first time in maybe a lot of months. And you're going, man, I almost feel unworthy to be here. And maybe if you'd be so bold, you would open your Bible. And as soon as you do, the very real enemy that we have looks at you and says, what are you doing in here? You don't belong here. You haven't been here in months. Listen, hear the word of God today. He's asking you, He's inviting you, He's commanding you. Ask, seek, knock. Communication with God is possible every single day, right now, wherever you are, no matter how great your life looked this week, how bad it looked this week, He invites you to ask and seek and knock. Some of you may be in a relationship with God right now, it feels very distant. We've been there where it continues to feel even more distant when we, start, we continue to not do anything about it. Maybe today would be a day you would resolve, man, I'm gonna ask and seek and not because I've been invited into an active relationship with God. But here's the second amazing reason that I believe we should listen. Not only have we been invited into an active relationship with God, we've been promised active responses from God. He's not just in the distance on the sidelines waiting for us to do whatever we're gonna do and clean ourselves up. He's, he's actively responding. And again, we gotta go back to Greek class to fully understand this. Those words, it will be given, you will find, it will be opened are what are called future indicative. Say those words out loud, one, two, three. And sound amazing. Future indicative. Those are a little more confusing if you're not a, a student of the Greek. What does future mean? Future the verb tense meaning it's happening in the future. I guess that one's not very hard to understand. It's pretty easy. What does that mean? It's coming. It's not right now. The right now is us asking, seeking, and knocking. The future is, it's coming. The response is, it's, it's coming. All of these are future, but the indicative is so good. The mood that expresses a statement of fact. Here's what that means. It will happen. It will happen. This is what those old school preachers used to say. Ooh, that'll preach. What does that mean? You ask, you seek, you knock. You have no control over what happens. You are just commanded to do those things. But guess what God just promised you? As you ask, as you seek, as you knock, it is coming. And guess what? It will happen. Put it on his word. It's a statement of fact. Some of you are here right now and you're saying, I'm asking, I'm seeking. I don't know if God's going to listen or respond. Listen, the Bible just told you, walk out of here with some confidence. It is coming. It will happen. God will respond to his children. It may not be exactly how you thought he'd respond. You may not get that, Tesla, (laughs) but he will answer you because he's a good father who loves to answer his children. Remember those two phrases. It is coming. It will happen. There's a million ways. There's literally infinite amount of ways God responds to his kids. But for the sake of our time, I wanna give us three that we see all over scripture. These are three ways God responds to us asking and seeking and knocking that I hope encourage you today. Here's the first one, intimacy with God. Talked about it a little bit earlier, but as I ask, as I seek, as I, there is an intimacy that's developed as I continuously go to my Father. John 17, three says it this way. And this is eternal life, that they know you. By the way, that word know, it's so huge. It means like an experiential, really, really deep level kind of relational know. The only true God in Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. See, there's a lot of things in your life that would hold, try to hold up and say, this is what life looks like. Every single day, we're bombarded by 34 gigs of information saying, this is what life looks like. You get that amount of money, you get that boy, that girl, you get that man, that woman, you get, you get that perfect body, whatever it is that, that the world would hold up and say, this is life. Again, God just answered the question, what is life? This is life, that they know you, that they're in relationship with you, that there's an intimacy with you. This is real, true, fully satisfying Life, as we ask, as we seek, as we knock, God promises us he'll respond with a more intimate relationship with God. And that's actually the best thing anyone could ever hope for in life. There's a second one. Not only intimacy with God, another response we see all over God's word is guidance from God. Guidance from God. Isaiah chapter 58, I read this verse this week. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. There's that confidence. You shall cry and he will say, here I am and the Lord will guide you continually. Number one question Christians ask, you've probably asked it, I've asked it. God, what is your will for my life? I've asked it you that. Listen, He told us, if we ask and seek and knock, He will guide us. You show me the person who is asking, seeking, knocking, continuously in this relationship with God. I will show you somebody who is walking in whatever the Lord has mapped out for them. But guess what? Even if you're here saying, "I'm doing all that and I don't feel guided, listen, it is coming. It will happen. Some of us just have to start taking God at his word, saying, God, you've said it. I don't care how it feels. I don't care what the situation looks like. If God said it, I'm gonna believe it. I can take it to the bank and you said it is coming. It will happen. So God, you'll guide me. There's a third one that I wanna talk about. Pleasure in God. That's a word we don't really use to characterize our relationship with God a whole lot. Pastor Trent mentioned it earlier. Pleasure in God. That's a promise. That's a response that he gives us. Look at Psalm 16, verse 11. You make known to me the path of life. We already talked about that. What is that? That's Jesus. That's a relationship with him. That's life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. I grew up in this city like many of you. We live in a city that promises joy, ultimate joy, and ultimate pleasure in a million different ways. And the story would tell you for the last hundred years of this city, it will not actually happen. But we just got told where we get that joy and that pleasure. As we ask, as we seek, as we knock, as we are in this relationship with God, one of the bajillion ways he responds to his children is ultimate satisfaction and pleasure intimacy with him, guidance from him, pleasure in him. These are just three responses you and I can can receive from God every single day as we actively, presently ask and seek and knock. And I love how he ends it with this illustration about fathers. Let's look at it one more time as we close. Well, which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? If he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If then... You who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? How much more will your father who is in heaven give good things? As a dad, and if you're a dad in here, you know this to be true. There is literally nothing I would not do for Bryce and Avery and Blaine and Aria. Ah, come on, dads, we understand. It's like when they hurt, we hurt. When they're sad, we're sad. When we have to discipline them, we don't love it, but we understand it's for their good. But like, there's, not, there's so much love I have for these little creatures. And the Bible just told me, yeah, if you feel that way, Scott, and you know you, I know me, if you feel that way, how much more does your perfect Sovereign God, Father. How much more does he love you? This text says that if you and I feel that way, how much more? See, this is such a relational thing. I hope you've seen that all throughout this. It's encouraging us as we seek and ask and knock in a relationship with God that's continuously growing and thriving. I wanna end today with I hope what will be very encouraging for some and maybe challenging for others. It's kind of a review of our whole day. I'll put it on the screen. Here's what the Bible says we do. We ask, we seek, we knock. We already knocked that out. Present active imperative. We ask, seek, and knock, but here's what God does. It will be given, you will find, it will be opened. This is a review for what we did today, but here is the kicker. There's a line right here. And some of you right now are in the middle of that line. And if we're honest, we we hear this, ask, seek and knock, and we we wanna bank on it, that God will give it and we'll find it and it will be open again. And not maybe exactly how you wanted it to be, but he will respond to his children. But right here in this line, this right here in between what we do and what God does, this line right here is where we all start doubting. We go, man, I, I've been sitting here, cause some of you right now have been sitting listening to me for 30 minutes. You're getting like frustrated. That's all great, Scott. That sounds really nice, but I've been asking and seeking and knocking for months and years and decades, and I haven't seen any breakthrough. Listen, I'm just telling you right now, you're right in the middle of this, right in the middle of this line, and you have no idea what God is forming in you in that line. What is God doing in you right now? Listen, there may be times where you ask and it's given to you. That happened to me this week. I was on a prayer walk and I just had some things on my heart earlier this week and, and I literally asked very specific prayers of God. Later on in that day, like four or five hours later, God like in a very real right now way answered some of those prayers. I was like, whoa, whoa, that, that line didn't even exist. It was like ask and it will be given just a few hours. But I remember there's other times and some of you have felt this too. Remember when I first gave my life to Jesus, Like many of you, when you give your life to Christ, you go, wow, there's so many of my family members that don't know Jesus. And you start to pray for some of your lost family members. You start to pray, God, would you save the people like you've saved me? Save the people that are closest to me. And one of those people was my very grumpy, mean old grandpa. God, save that man. I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying. And I I was in the middle of this line for years. I'm asking God, I'm seeking, I'm knocking I'm not giving up, save grandpa. And I praise God one day on his deathbed, I got to lead him to Jesus and he's in heaven today. Listen, I I was in the middle of that line for a long time before God finally answered. But lest you think these are just pastor wins, I'll be honest with you. There's some prayers right now that my wife and I, I mean, I'm talking asking and seeking and knocking and I'm right now in the middle of this line right now I hadn't had an answer. And I hadn't seen breakthrough. Some very real things for my household right now. And I know some of you are right there right now. Here's what I want to encourage you. By the word and authority of God, it is coming. It will happen. I don't know how long it's going to take. But you've told me I do this, Lord, and you will respond to your children. It is coming. It will happen. But what are you doing right now in my life while I'm waiting? What are you forging right now in the fire of this waiting that God, I wouldn't be able to experience if I hadn't waited like this? Keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. And while you're doing it, realize and remember, God, your Father is good even when life is not As you're asking and seeking and knocking, always remember, I have a good father. How much more will he do for me? How much more? He's good even when life is not. That's why I'm so encouraged by Spurgeon and a quote he had when it came to this. When we can't trace his hand, we can trust his heart. Some of you right now cannot trace God's hand in your life. You're in the middle of that line saying, where are you, God? When you can't trace his hand, Trust his heart, and here's what his heart just told you today it is coming, it will happen. So, I don't know where all this lands on you today. You may be here, and that part about you just kind of lacking communication with God that struck you like, Man, I've been ignoring the relationship. Like, I'm in a relationship with Jesus, but if I'm honest, I haven't talked to him in a minute. You've been ignoring that relationship with God. And today's encouragement for you would be ask, seek, knock. Your Father who loves you desires to speak with you daily. Maybe tomorrow you open up the Gospel of John and you say, it's been a minute since I've been here. You take the word of God and punch the devil in the face when he tries to put shame on you. You can be in the Bible because God called you to. And you read it and you learn. And it starts to shape you you start to grow in this conversation with God, maybe that's your response today. For others of you, there's just been some times and some things specifically in your life that you've just stopped asking and stopped seeking and stopped knocking because you feel like God may have not heard you or given up on you. Maybe your response today is to remember, I might be in that line, but it is coming. It will happen. It may not be everything I wanted it to be. It may look very different than I wanted it to be, but my God will answer his child. Maybe for others of you, you're here and all this talk of a relationship with Jesus, you're like, I didn't even know that was a thing. Every single time we gather, we always want to remind you there is a God in heaven who loves you so much. And he actually came down to earth to save you from the sin that right now trips you up every single day. And he stands ready to save you. Maybe that's your first ask today of God. Save me. Save me from all the things that I need saving from. In just a moment, there's gonna be pastors up here. We would love the opportunity to talk to you about it, what it looks like to, to follow Jesus, to have a relationship with God like I do and many of you do and my grandfather did before he walked into heaven. We would love to talk to you about what it looks like to follow Jesus. Whatever your response is today, would you allow God to help you move from an intellectual comprehension to to get it into your heart to where it actually makes its way out of your life. So spirit of the living God, we only want to hear your voice right now, God. We're hanging on every word, whatever it is. However people need to respond, Lord, would you allow them to respond?